We continue today with our sermon series on Psalms. The book of Psalms is a collection of songs and poetry written by various authors of the Old Testament times. Many of these Psalms have been considered as writings of King David and Psalm 23, our sermon text for today, is one of them. David was the youngest son of Jesse. The Bible tells us that before he became king of Israel, he was a shepherd tending to the sheep that the family possessed. So it is no surprise that in Psalm 23, David used the imagery of a shepherd and his sheep. Now as we all know, sheep are very gentle creatures. They are very timid, often foolish, and almost always helpless, especially in the face of danger. Sheep eat small mouthfuls of fresh tender grass throughout the day, and they cannot drink from a flowing river. So the shepherd must keep moving and lead his sheep to such green pastures and still waters. The best grazing areas are generally found on the hillsides, and there is always the danger of the sheep falling into a crevice. Sometimes the sheep would wander away and become an easy pick for the wild animals. A shepherd's task of leading, feeding and protecting his sheep is not easy. One interesting thing about sheep is that they cannot be driven like cattle, as you might have seen in western movies. Sheep need to be led consistently by one shepherd. They normally move in herds and find comfort and safety in numbers. But at times when the sheep wander, the ever vigilant shepherd would gently tap the sheep with his staff to keep them together. The staff is a sturdy long stick, one that is pointed on one end and with the other end shaped like a hook. The shepherd talks to his flock of sheep and calls to them as he leads them. They get familiar with his voice and his flock of sheep will respond only to his call. The sheep develop a sense of belonging to that voice and find comfort, security and confidence in that voice. Should the sheep hear a different voice, they would sense it as danger and the chances are that they will flee and scatter. Only the shepherd's voice that is familiar to them can bring them back and they will obey and return to him. The imagery of shepherd and sheep are used many times in scripture. Often God has been mentioned as being the shepherd and his people as the sheep of his flock. The first shepherd mentioned in the Bible was Abel, who according to Genesis 4.2 was a keeper of sheep. Most of the people in the Old Testament times had sheep and they understood the shepherd and sheep relationship. Jacob, for example, tended his father-in-law's sheep. In Genesis 49.24, Jacob speaks of God as the shepherd. Moses too tended sheep for his father-in-law. Moses who led the Israelites through the wilderness prayed for them using the imagery of a shepherd and his sheep. This is how he prayed 
in Numbers 27 verses 16 and 17. Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as a sheep that have no shepherd. The Lord did exactly that, starting with the commissioning of Joshua to lead the Israelites. The Lord gave the Israelites leaders in the form of judges and kings to lead his people in holiness and righteousness. These leaders were like shepherds tending to God's flock in a metaphorical sense. They were placed by God to rule wisely over his people. Some of these leaders ruled wisely and walked with the Lord and the people prospered. But many of these leaders or shepherds failed to lead the people well. And the Lord pronounced judgment upon them through various prophets such as Ezekiel who recorded the Lord's judgment in Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 10. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. The Lord's warning is followed by a promise of mercy and hope. In the following verses 11 and 12, the Lord says, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As, as a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered. Sinful man failed to be the shepherd that the Lord wanted him to be. And so the Lord God himself became the shepherd, good, perfect, true and faithful to lead his people in holiness and righteousness. This promise was fulfilled and God in the person of Jesus Christ came into this world as a shepherd to lead his sheep. Jesus says in John chapter 10 verse 11, I am the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, King David paints for us a picture of this good, perfect, true and faithful shepherd. Let me read out to you Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to receive your word. May we learn from it and apply it to our lives. I pray that your spirit would guide me to speak only your truth. Would you, O Lord, use Psalm 23 today to transform our hearts and conform us to the likeness of Christ. 
in whose name we pray. Amen. The overarching theme of this psalm is only Jesus can be the good shepherd. Only Jesus can be the good shepherd. I have three points to elaborate on the main theme of this psalm. First, the good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Verse 1. The good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Verse 1. Second, the good shepherd loves and cares for his sheep. Verse 2 to 5. The good shepherd loves and cares for his sheep. Verses 2 to 5. 3. The good shepherd will gather his sheep to himself for all eternity. Verse 6. The good shepherd will gather his sheep to himself for all eternity. We begin with point number one. The good shepherd knows his sheep and his sheep know him. Verse 1. David begins this psalm with a statement that is the very foundation of the entire psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. Notice that David did not say that the Lord is a shepherd as if describing an occupation. He made it very personal by using the word my. He is very clear in his understanding of his relationship with the Lord. The Lord is his personal shepherd. If the Lord is his shepherd, what does that make of David? According to this verse, David considers himself to be a sheep that belongs to this shepherd, the Lord God himself. In doing so, David likens himself to be a sheep that is weak, helpless and needing the care of the shepherd to whom he belongs. Some historians say that Psalm 23 was written at a time when King David was struggling to contain the civil war that was being led by his son Absalom. David commanded a magnificent army and he himself was a seasoned soldier. Despite all his might, he considered himself as weak, vulnerable and helpless just like the sheep. And just like the sheep knows its shepherd, David knew God. David writes further, I shall not want. This statement conveys a meaning of full satisfaction. We all know that our wants are never fully satisfied. We always aspire to get more and more of everything. That is our sinful nature. But here is David saying, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is fully satisfied in knowing that as long as the Lord is his shepherd, his needs will be met. David, a shepherd himself, can relate to this very well. David, as a shepherd, ensured that he did all that he had to for the well-being of his sheep. He fulfilled all their needs, food, rest, water and protection. He even went after sheep that strayed away and brought them back to safety. His sheep were satisfied and secure as long as he was their shepherd. 
in the same way david was satisfied with god's sovereign will and wisdom in his life he was confident that the lord will supply all his needs there is a good chance that the wish list of needs that david had in his heart was not the same as the provisions list that the lord had supplied him with yet david was fully satisfied and he had no desire to want for more than what the lord gives him to be in a state of not being in want of anything would look like self denial or as a refusal to have needs fulfilled this was not the case here with david here david is not in want of anything because he is confident that the lord god will provide his physical and spiritual needs according to his divine wisdom and sovereign will David accepts God's will for him over his wants. God's provisions list superseded David's wish list. This submission to the Lord's sovereign will led David to experience a satisfaction that will never result in a want situation ever again. Dear people, do you consider yourself vulnerable and helpless just like the sheep? Is Jesus your very own shepherd to lead you guide you and comfort you When you find yourself in want are you ready to accept God's provisions list for you and find contentment with it even if it does not satisfy the needs on your wish list to him Consider the following points as you seek to follow Jesus the good shepherd First incline your ears and your heart to god's word get to know the lord your god by spending time reading his word and meditating upon it second be dependent on jesus be dependent on the good shepherd and submit to his authority over all areas of your life commit to the lord your situations in prayer be willing to take the counsel of mature christians or elders of your church and be willing to make changes in your life to glorify god three connect with mature christians i mentioned earlier that sheep belong to a herd wild animals rarely attack a closely huddled herd The sheep gets the protection of the herd and the shepherd. Sheep that strays away is fully exposed to danger. Do you belong to the herd or do you prefer to be alone? Herd in the context of our gathering here is the local church whose chief shepherd is Jesus. Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12 teaches us that Christ has charged pastors and elders with the task of building up the church which is you the body of Christ. Our elders are given the responsibility to shepherd you and help you in your work with God. And they do this not because of any personal gain. They do it because they love you. And most importantly, they love Jesus the chief shepherd. to those who are not members of this church or of any other gospel preaching church 
I urge you to become one and enjoy the protection of the shepherd and the herd. Talk to one of us and we will be happy to help you understand church membership and why it is biblical to be a member of a local church. For those who are already members of this church or any other gospel preaching church, guard yourself against straying away from the herd lest the evil one devours you. Connect with other sheep of your church so that they can hold you accountable if you stray away. Fourth, find satisfaction in Christ. Things of this world may satisfy your earthly needs, but they will not last forever. Earthly possessions will not give you eternal life. Your greatest need is redemption from sin and to be in God's presence forever. Only Jesus can satisfy that need. Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, God Himself in the flesh, chose to be a lowly shepherd of His people and He willingly went to the cross to die for His sheep. I urge you to be a sheep of His pasture and find satisfaction in Christ alone, just as David found satisfaction in the Lord, His shepherd. From verses 2 to 5, David describes what the Lord, the Good Shepherd, has done for him. That would be our second point. Point number two. The Good Shepherd loves and cares for his sheep. Verses 2 to 5. In verse 2, David writes, He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. This is an affirmation of God providing for David. The typical task of a shepherd, as mentioned before, is to lead his sheep from place to place, looking for green pastures and still waters. Green pastures are areas of fresh, tender grass that is, that is succulent and very nourishing. Still waters too are very satisfying and refreshing. What does this lying down in green pastures and beside still waters mean? Lying down in green pastures signifies resting in the Lord and finding nourishment for the soul through His word which is true and living. Still waters represent the righteousness and peace that God gives to His flock who feed on His word and obey Him. David rested in the Lord and meditated upon Him. He enjoyed the peace and righteousness that only God can provide. Dear people, do you take time off to rest in the green pastures of God's Word and feed on it? Would you want to drink of the still waters of peace and righteousness? Jesus the Good Shepherd offers us this green pastures and still waters. And to receive this, we need Jesus, our Lord and our God Himself, to be in our lives. By nature, we are all sinful and very much lost like the sheep without a shepherd. Our God is holy and He created man to be holy and enjoy a perfect relationship with Him. When man sinned, this relationship was destroyed and God cast him away from His presence. Man was destined to an eternal separation from God. Man could do nothing 
to restore that relationship. But God in His mercy promised to send a Savior who would live a sinless life here on earth and defeat sin. That Savior was Jesus Christ, God's only Son, fully God and yet fully man. He took upon Himself all our sins and bore the just wrath of God in our place. Through His death on the cross, He paid the penalty for all of man's sin by offering Himself as a sacrifice. In His resurrection, He justifies us before the Father and imputes His righteousness to us. He is now seated at God's right hand, interceding for all who turn to Him in repentance and in faith. All you must do is repent of your sins, flee from them, turn to Jesus and put your trust in Him as your only means of salvation. At that time, Jesus gives you His Spirit and your life will be slowly transformed to His likeness. Only Christ can save you from eternal destruction and restore you into a right relationship with God. Only Christ can preserve you for a life of eternity in the presence of God and of Himself. This is the gospel or the good news about Christ. If you are here today and you have not yet repented of your sins and have not yet put your faith in Christ alone for your salvation, I urge you to consider doing that even as you are seated here. If you have any questions or if you would like to know more about this gospel, please feel free to contact me or any one of the elders who are listed in the church bulletin. We will be happy to help you. Once you have accepted Christ, remain in Him and get to know more about Him through His Word which is refreshing and nourishing just like green pastures. Drink of your fill of the righteousness and peace that flows from knowing, believing and accepting Christ as your Saviour and your very own Shepherd. Shepherds of Covenant Hope Church, our elders, I would like to address you at this time. To our senior pastor Brian, I say this to you brother. I am so thankful to you for your faithful shepherding of this flock that is given under your care. Thank you for bringing the gospel to us in every sermon that you preach. Thank you for your pastoral care and the comfort you bring through God's word to those who are broken in their spirit. To Mark Donald and John Pentecost, I was so delighted to sit under your teaching of God's word these past few weeks. Thank you, brothers, for serving as pastoral staff alongside Brian. The youth, the singles, and many families in our church have benefited immensely from your discipling and mentoring, and this has resulted in much gospel-centered fruit in their lives. Thank you, Nissen, for your faithful preaching and serving the many students in our midst. So many have come to faith through, that, through your tireless pursuing of these young minds and pointing them to Christ. Thank you, all my fellow elders, for your care for me and my family and the wisdom that you have shared with me as we serve alongside each other in shepherding this church. Scripture imposes a great responsibility on you, my fellow elders, and on me in the shepherding of the church. Just as a shepherd is familiar with the needs of his church, 
we need to be aware of the spiritual needs of our sheep and serve them with utmost patience, care, love and with the wisdom that comes only from the Lord through His word. I would like to encourage you brothers to consider your task as a shepherd in the light of verse 2. Spare no efforts to make your flock lie down and rest in the green pastures of God's word and lead your sheep to the most satisfying waters of righteousness that Christ offers. I understand that it may be challenging at times. I pray that we will all persevere. Let us bear in mind Paul's instruction to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we as elders care for you very deeply and meet regularly to pray for every member of this church. We guard the gospel diligently and teach you the truth every week. The intention is first to grow you in your knowledge of God and of His Son Jesus Christ and secondly to equip you with sound doctrine so that you can clearly identify a false doctrine preached by false preachers. Jesus tells us in the first part of verse 10 of John chapter 10 that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Here he refers to the false preachers as the thief. Christians, be sober-minded and watchful for these false preachers who are wolves in sheep's clothing. Their sole purpose is to mislead the sheep spiritually with false doctrine. Do not associate with them or indulge in listening to their preaching over audio or visual media. Let your elders know if there is someone among you who is teaching a doctrine that is not the full and the complete gospel of Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the elders of your church are accountable to the chief shepherd Jesus for you. The author of Hebrew writes in Hebrews 13, 17, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, but because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Elders are also sheep of the Good Shepherd and they too need to lie down in green pastures and beside still waters. As you belong to the same flock, they too need your care, support, encouragement and prayers to be able to do their duties. David continues writing in verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we talk about soul, it refers to the spirit or spiritual part of a human being. Restoration would mean an act whereby something that is not in a good condition is brought back to its original perfect state through some corrective action. In one of the earlier Psalms, Psalm 19 verse 7, David says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The law of the Lord points people to areas of sin in their lives, causing them to repent and seek forgiveness from God. God's law pointed David to his sins and he repented and sought forgiveness from the Lord. In doing so, his soul was revived, refreshed and restored. David's soul 
now desired God alone. Verse 3 is in the present tense and it signifies David's continuing confidence in the Lord that he will faithfully restore him whenever his spirit is broken. In the remaining part of verse 3, David gives us further insight into how God worked out this restoration. The Lord led him in the paths of righteousness. Because David sought the Lord's forgiveness with repentance and let the Lord lead him, the Lord restored his soul and renewed a right spirit within him. He gave David a clean heart that now desires holiness and which loved, obeyed and worshipped the Lord. The Lord's name was glorified and exalted when he restored David's soul. We all live in a sinful, fallen world and it is a struggle to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. Many a times we find our soul or spirit troubled because of the temptations around us and our struggles with sin. God has not left us without hope when we are in this situation. He renews our spirit through His word and points us to Christ, the Good Shepherd, who alone can restore our troubled soul. Submit yourself to the leadership of Christ in your life. Acknowledge your sin before Him and repent of your sins and seek His forgiveness. Christ will restore and lead you in the path of righteousness for His glory and His name's sake. Following the restoration of his soul, David's heart was overwhelmed and he describes God's faithfulness during challenging times. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When King David faced danger that threatened his life, he turned to the Lord, his shepherd, and sought him. David knew that the Lord God will not abandon him, but will protect him from his enemies around him, and most importantly, from the enemy within him, the evil one who brings death and destruction. David is confident that the Lord, his shepherd, will defend him and defeat the evil one. Therefore, David no longer fears the evil one. Physical death is something that we will all face one day. Scripture says that Christ will return to judge, judge every one of us. If you have not repented of your sins and have not accepted Christ as your Savior, death is something to be really worried about. When Christ judges you, you will stand guilty in the presence of the Lord with all your sins and your rebellion against Christ before you. Eternal death and hell will be your portion forever. But it does not have to be this way. There is hope for all of us in Christ. Let Jesus, the Good Shepherd, restore to you the joy of his salvation. Towards the end of verse 4, David says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As mentioned earlier, shepherds would use their staff to keep their sheep together by gently tapping them or as a weapon to ward off danger. David is using a metaphor here to say that the Lord used the staff to defend him from his enemies, including the evil one, and he was comforted. Other times, when David fell into sin and his spirit was troubled, 
the staff that defended him from his enemies also became the rod of discipline in his life. David experienced both protection and discipline from the Lord and he was comforted because the rod and the staff both restored David to the Lord. What about you? Are you humble enough to be teachable and open to good counsel from your elders and mature Christians around you? Are you willing to make corrections to your life when God disciplines you? Consider these questions and find comfort in the counsel and correction of the Lord. Having submitted to the Lord completely, David goes on to draw a calm and a serene picture of complete security. Verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Imagine this. David has pitched his tent in the center of the battlefield with, with enemies all around. During this tense situation, David calmly sits at the table to enjoy a meal provided by the Lord. David uses an imagery here to express first his confidence that the Lord God is in control of his situation and second, God is faithful in providing for him during times of adversity. David also uses an imagery of oil being poured out on his head to express God preserving him by anointing him and setting him apart for himself. The cup overflowing signifies the abundance of Lord's blessings. Is your faith as strong as that of David, who during a time of much trouble experienced a calmness that comes only from knowing the Lord? Do you struggle to be calm during difficult situations? Do you trust the Lord to be in control during those difficult moments? Because the Lord was David's shepherd, he could experience the satisfaction of his wants, the restoration of his soul, the protection from the evil one, and the calmness of enjoying God's blessings in the presence of adversity. David's cup overflows with the Lord's blessings. Dear Christians, have you ever considered how much you have been blessed and loved by Jesus, the Good Shepherd? I remember an old hymn which has a line in it that says, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I am sure if you do an honest assessment of the blessings in your life, the list will be endless. The greatest blessing that Jesus has filled your cup with is His abundant and unconditional love. He has poured out His grace and love unconditionally. That is, you can do nothing to earn His love and grace. His amazing love and grace is given to you freely and in abundance. He redeemed you by His death, justified you before the Father by His resurrection, and He saved you from eternal judgment. How does knowing what Jesus has done for you make you feel? Does the overflow of your cup with the Lord's blessings cause your heart to be filled with gratitude? Is your heart overflowing with joy? What is your response 
to such abundance of unconditional love and grace. It should result only in an unending praise and worship of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ. David is confident that the Lord will continue to bless him all the days of his life. That leads us to our third and final point. Point number three. The Good Shepherd will gather his sheep to himself for all eternity. Verse 6. As David writes this psalm, it seems like David is reminiscing his time as a shepherd, leading his sheep through the beautiful meadows, the still waters, and the treacherous valleys. He remembers that the Lord sustained him during his turbulent times when Saul was out to kill him, or when he was fighting against the Canaanites and the Philistines, or during the civil war. Even when he had sinned against the Lord, the Lord forgave him when he repented. The Lord restored his soul. David is now able to see God's goodness and mercy in his life. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In this verse, David reaffirms with unquestionable confidence God's faithfulness of continuing goodness and mercy in his life. He now looks forward with the expectation that such faithfulness would continue till the end of his days and forevermore. Psalm 49.15 says, But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Sheol means grave. David believed in this truth that even after his death here on earth, the Lord will receive him to dwell with him forever. Like David, we too can have such a confidence in the Lord and look forward to an, for, to an eternal life with Jesus, the Good Shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And in the latter part of verse 10, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, offers you and me an abundant life. How do we understand the abundant life that Christ offers us? Is it a life that is free of all worries and cares, or one that is fully provided for? Is it a life that is without sickness or times of adversity? No. Abundant life that Christ offers is not about having an abundance of material blessings, such as health and wealth. Though the Lord may choose to bless you with these things according to His grace and His will, Abundant life that Christ offers is an abundance of Christ Himself. If we are in Christ, He will transform us into His likeness through the working of the Holy Spirit. He enables us to have a life that is spirit-filled, that is marked by love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Abundance of Christ will shape your life to be gospel-centered and honor Him through righteous living. When you have an abundance of Christ in you, you enter into a sonship with the Father 
that enjoy eternal life as children of God. Paul writes in Romans 8.17 that if we are children of God, then we are his heirs and co-heirs with Christ. There is nothing that you can compare with to the life that Jesus offers you. It is unimaginable and beyond human understanding. Revelation 7.15-17 paints for us a picture of the abundant life that Christ offers us. Therefore they, the saints in Christ, are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Christians, isn't it comforting to know that we to whom Christ has been merciful will enjoy this goodness forever? What more can you and I ask for? Jesus the Good Shepherd, who is now with the Father in heaven, will come back to gather his sheep to himself and to dwell with him forever. He says that in the latter part of John 14 verse 3, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. When Christ returns, those who are in Christ will be ushered into his presence as co-heirs for all eternity. His goodness and mercy will be their portion forever. It will be a time of great rejoicing. But for those who have rejected Christ or have not accepted Christ as their only means of salvation, it will be a day of judgment. Psalm 23 is written by David, a shepherd who became a king, pointing to Jesus, the king who is our shepherd. There are many lessons that we can learn from this psalm. We went through some of those already. As we come to a close, I would like to reiterate some of the lessons here. First, belong to the flock of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and find contentment in Him. Second, learn to rest from your busy work life and be refreshed through God's Word. Third, Seek forgiveness for your sins. Let the Lord restore you unto Himself. Follow Jesus in holiness and righteousness to the praise and glory of His name. Fourth, trust the Lord, especially when you are facing difficulties. Consider the Lord's counsel and discipline as blessings in your life. Five, Soak in the abundance of Christ and trust that the Lord will provide for you and preserve you even in times of adversity. 6. Remain in the Lord and He will remain in you. Rest in the assurance that eternal life will be your portion if you are in Christ and He is in, he is in you. Last week, when John Pentecost preached to us from Psalm 78, he taught us to remember God's faithfulness in our lives and to share the knowledge with our children.
David wrote Psalm 23 for us to reflect upon the goodness and mercy of the Lord. Dear Christians, tell of this goodness and your mercy and mercy to your children, your neighbors, your friends, your co-workers and your families. Tell them about Jesus who is the one and only one good shepherd. Tell them of his glorious promise of salvation and the gift of eternal life to all those who belong to his flock. Jesus the good shepherd, true, perfect and faithful. God himself calls out to you to follow him. Never attempt to walk ahead of the shepherd. Let the good shepherd lead you, for he will lead you on the safe and secure way. I pray that Jesus would grant you ears to hear him and a willing spirit to follow him and to be satisfied in him. John Piper writes, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. May God be glorified through each one of you and as you find satisfaction in Christ alone. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you and praise you for your living word which is refreshing and nourishing to the soul. You quench our thirst for you as we drink from the river of your delights. We thank you, Lord, for being our shepherd and restoring us and leading us in the paths of righteousness. We have deserved none of these, yet you are faithful and have filled our cups which overflows with your steadfast love and abundant grace. Lord, we ask that you enable us to respond to you with true repentance and genuine faith and to remain in you all the days of our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.